Louie, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Rose? Where we're going, we don't need Rose. No. I am your father. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. You're listening to After the Ending, the only film podcast where we tell you what happens after the ending of your favorite films. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Spring and Phil Edwards. Hello and welcome to After the Ending. I'm Mike Spring. And I'm Phil Edwards. And Phil, we are back for one of our B episodes, or whatever we decide to call them eventually. Um, yeah, I was going to say subpar, but I don't know quite what. So. <laughs> we have a par episode and a subpar episode. <laughs> um, this is our top five uh, episode. We're going to share a top five list and do our ATE recommends, where Phil and I share what we're watching slash reading slash listening to slash who knows what, eating, who knows. Um, so we have a top five list for you. We're excited about, uh, as as you guys hopefully know, we are, uh, for those of you um, who are with us live, we're, we're recording live. For those of you who are watching or listening to this post live, um, we do this live sometimes. So you should track us down and come and join us. You can make comments and, and we'll- see our faces out. now. What's that, Phil? You can see our faces now. You can see our faces now, which, Listen, could be a good thing, maybe not so good. I think it really depends on on how you feel about you know all this, but mm -hmm. it is something different. Uh, it's nice for the ATE recommends because we can actually hold stuff up on camera when we get to that part. So, um, but yeah, we are uh, here to do our top five list for the day. Uh, Phil, don't you tell people what we're doing our top five of today? Yeah, we're we'll we're going to be doing our top our top five films of 2020. Basically, our favorite films, right? Kind of the best, our favorites, and I realized. Putting this list together, there were a lot of films in 2020 that I've still not seen. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that as well. But I figured it's already it's as we're recording this, it's April. I don't know how much longer we can really put it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, last time we recorded, we did our top five films of 2019. We're catching up because on after the ending previously, we've gone through our top uh, well top ten films of every year from 1917 through 2018. Um, yeah. So years of Hollywood. So we wanted to catch up and do our top fives of 2019 and 2020. Uh, so now we're doing our 2020 films. Yeah, and it's as you. The reason why I didn't see lots of these films is you may not be aware. <laughs> the whole world sort of closed down a bit. Yeah. In 2020, so lots of these films. Obviously, most of them didn't make the cinema. Lots of them have been on streaming services, or but I don't have all the streaming services, or they have yet to be on the ones I have got. So that's why I've not seen them. I believe people may do illegal things to watch some of these films, but I would not do that. So yeah, I could not see them all. I, I have. There's a lot I haven't seen as well. Uh, mostly, I saw the ones that came on streaming services or the ones that came out on video that I got for reviewing. Um, and so, uh, you know, it's 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 a it's a maybe a limited list, but I was still very happy with my top five. Actually, I'll be yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we do have a viewer comment from a longtime friend of the show, uh, Jay Perry. He says, "I'm finally watching live at 7:40 a.m. <laughs> in Australia." Oh. I'm doing this between getting four kids ready for school. Well, good on you, mate. I don't know if that's probably, oh. but uh, but thank you, Jay, for, for watching live while getting your kids ready. As uh, we are both parents, we know how stressful that can be. So uh, very honored that you chose to spend uh, that morning uh, time with your kids and us. So we'll try and make it a, a good episode for you. So look uh, at this, America, England, and now and Australia. 
I know this is truly an international podcast. That's well, did he mean? Did he mean like the wonderful world of ours? Oh my god, <laughs> maybe. But I think he <laughs> meant Australia. Um, so yeah, so let's get into it then, Phil. Let's do our top five films of 2020. Um, why don't you go ahead and kick things off this time? Okay. Well, my number five is one which I saw recently, which hit Netflix. Uh, it's Love and Monsters, uh, directed by Michael Matthews and stars Dylan O'Brien, Jessica Henwick, uh, Michael Rooker, and a few others. Uh, I just really enjoyed it. it reminded me of a, an eighties kind of movie, but where there's been a the world has basically ended because of giant insects. Uh, so the rest of the survivors of the human race are living on the ground, and a guy fell in love with a girl just before the, the world ended, and he decides to go walking to try and find her because she's in another bunker. But he's terrified of everything and doesn't really know how to survive. But he meets Michael Rooker and has adventures, and it was a lot of fun. It was uh, tense in a few places, good creature effects, but I just, I just really enjoyed it. It made it was nice, pleasant viewing with some monsters and a bit of peril and a few laughs as well. Yeah, yeah great. Well, um, I think that's a really good choice. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm not big on spoilers, but I will say that, you know, it might show up again on the list somewhere coming up. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. But mine, okay, well, before I get to my number five, I have to correct an egregious oversight, a huge oversight from last episodes list i accidentally left off one of my absolute favorite movies of 2019 when we did our 2019 films it probably would have been my number one or number two i'll be honest with you um and i completely missed it and i'm totally embarrassed it is fighting with my family um oh Steven, yeah that, that was a good film i like that yeah. Stephen merchant directed it. it's it's a biopic of Paige, the female wrestling superstar um which i know and most people are like, I'm not into wrestling, so I'm not going to watch this movie. But it's it's a it's a great uplifting story with so much humor in it. I have played it. I took my family, I took my mom and my daughter to go see it, and they loved it. And then I played it for my wife and my in-laws, and they loved it. It is just a magical film. It's extremely funny. I loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. And I completely forgot to include it last episode, and I can't believe it because I've been waiting to talk about that film forever, and I just... I did. It so happens. I, well, I saw that, and I really enjoyed it. I wasn't expecting much. I'm not a huge wrestling fan, but it's a uh, great. Florence Pugh is great. Oh, she's terrific. Yeah, she's the main character and uh, Nick Frost and Lena Headey's appearance. Really yeah, yeah. It's it's just a terrific movie. It's one of those. You know what it is? It's a feel good film. If you yeah. watch Fighting with My Family, I promise you, you will be you will finish that movie with a smile on your face and a, and a spring in your step. It is that much fun. I so, can. Yes. So I left that off my 2019. I had to make up to it. So make up for it. But my number five then um, is is not Love and Monsters, but it is actually a, another movie with the word monster in the title, which I didn't expect uh, for that to happen twice in one year. But it is Monster Hunter uh, starring Mia Jovovich, yeah. directed by Paul W.S. Anderson, best known for making the Resident Evil films. Um, and uh, it's... It, it took me by surprise. I'm not going to lie. Uh, before I get to that, though, I have a we have another comment uh, from Christine Fitzgerald. She said, "We saw that and totally agree. Thanks, Mike, for the reminder. See, they loved, they loved fighting with my family. Also, it's uh, it appeals to everybody. So, um, but Monster Hunter is apparently based on this very, very popular video game, which I admit not very familiar with at all because I'm not a big video gamer. I'm um, aware of it, but I've never played it. Before. Right, me neither. Uh, but it is a just like." Balls to the wall action film from start to finish. It it and it, it is it's like 
it's like Black Hawk Down, but with giant monsters. And I, I'm not a Black Hawk Down fan, but it's that kind of thing. Like super intense. And Mia Jovovich plays this like army sergeant, typical Mia movie. Uh, one Jay says, uh, typical Mia movie in the comments. I, I'm going to take that, that you mean that in a positive way, Jay. I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, she's like a soldier. She gets transported to this other world where these giant monsters are. And she has to uh, learn to kind of survive and try to get back to Earth. But it is like... It's just such a visceral and fun experience. Like it's it's kind of hardcore. Like there's a lot of action, but it's not too gory. It's not too you know. I think it's PG thirteen. Um, but the special effects are great. The action sequences are just awesome. And I just sat there with a big grin on my face the whole time, just watching these colossally huge monsters and and big fight scenes and her blowing everything up and shooting things and running and jumping and trying to kill things and like it is just so much fun. Um, and, uh, yeah, so Monster Hunter, who knew it's, it's like this just, just like hits the ground running with the gas pedal floored and literally <laughs> up the very last scene of the movie. Uh, and, and I loved it. I had so much fun watching it. Uh, and Jay chimed back in with his comment and says, yes, I love her. So typical Mia movie. He means that in a positive way. So that's good. So yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. And yeah, that's one of the ones of 2020 I have yet to see, but I was uh, quite like looking from the trailer. Yeah. I was a bit wary when it, it's a new Paul W.S. Anderson film, although Event Horizon was great. But yeah, I will. it's one of the ones on my list I do want to see. I think it's one of his best films in a long time. And I love the Resident Evil movies. You know what a big fan of those I yeah, am. But yeah, I think yeah. this one was like, for, I guess maybe because he's a big fan of the games, as you know, he talks about in some of the extra features on the DVD. But um, I just think he really got it. I don't know how it compares to the game. But as a movie, if you just want like a good adrenaline rush for two hours, you got to watch Monster Hunter. Okay, it's on my list. I will do that. My number four, though, is uh, it's uh, Freaky, which stars Vince Vaughn and Catherine Newton. It's a body swap one, you know, like Freaky Friday, hence the name. Uh, but this time, it's uh, Vince Vaughn is playing a serial killer, and he ends up uh, getting his his mind goes into the body of Catherine Newton's character, who's uh, a teenager at school. So you've got a serial killer in the body of a uh, of a teenage girl. And it become it's a slasher movie, but they're having this whole dynamic change. And then uh, Vince Vaughn is acting as if there's a, he's a teenage girl, and he he does. I I've always liked Vince Vaughn, but he does amazing work in the role. I just found it hilarious. I found like some of the kills were just fantastic. For some of the best in in any slasher movie I've seen in a long time. Uh, the whole dynamic with all the friends, the whole reason why they swapped was, was really good. Uh, the opening scene as well, where you find out you know. When Vince Vaughn is actually being a serial killer, showed him as, as a typical, well, as a brilliant uh, slasher uh, hero. No, they're not heroes, are they? A slasher bad guy. But uh, yeah, I just enjoyed the hell out of this film. And just the, the Catherine Newton, but both of them, the way Vince Vaughn and Catherine Newton just played their own characters, and then when the swap happened, they played the other characters, was just brilliant. And I kind of want to see a sequel, but I don't. Right. I really like Vince Vaughn, serial killer, so I'd, I'd like to see more of that as well. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Freaky, I think, I'm not sure when it's actually come out over here, but it's uh, it was on one of the streaming services where well. I had to pay. I think it was Amazon Prime. You could buy, you could pay, but uh, that's my number four. Very good. Well, I um, you'll see we got a comment from Jay. He says, Phil, that's a great film. So good. Uh, and I actually concur. It did not quite make my list, um, but I really enjoyed it. I thought it was very funny, um, and and Vince Vaughn is terrific in it. Um, and and actually, Phil, a little trivia for you. I don't know if maybe you caught this when you're watching it, maybe you didn't. 
I know that you, as we talked about um, a couple episodes ago, you binged Supernatural during the pandemic. Did you recognize? Yeah, yeah, she's. Uh, yeah, I was going to. I meant to say that. Generally, Catherine Newton was one of the characters who pops up in Supernatural. She's she plays Castiel's daughter. Uh, yeah, yeah, she becomes a monster hunter and. Uh, right, right. Supernatural, so, which was nice to see. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Very good choice. Like I said, I enjoyed it very much. Didn't quite make my list, but only because there's only so many spots. But um, yeah. I, re I really enjoyed that one. So good choice. All right. Well, my number four is Greenland, starring Gerard Butler and Marina Baccarin. Um, it is a disaster movie. It's a classic disaster movie. Uh, basically, it's like, you know, asteroids are going to hit the Earth and wipe out the planet uh, but there's rumors that there's a base in greenland that's safe and gerard butler tries to get his family there um and things go wrong now everyone who listens to the show already knows i'm a huge fan of disaster movies uh it is not hard to get me to like a disaster movie but like every other genre there are really bad ones um greenland is one of the best ones i've seen in a long long time first of all uh, it has a real heart to it, which I really liked. The it's 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 about this family, um, and that's a big part of it. But that's not at the expense of some really good disaster action. Um, but I'll say this: it was one of the most intense uh, disaster films I've seen in a long time. Like you, every time they turn around, something bad happens, and you're like, "Oh my god, how are they going to get out of this?" Like it, and you are like biting your fingernails. Like you're you, when they get like certain people get separated, and you're just like, "Oh no, they're never going to find each other." And then what they did, which I really liked, was they didn't string you out too long before they resolved one piece of the disaster, okay, yeah, yeah. and they throw them into some other trouble. So you would just be catching your breath, and be like, "Oh, okay, good." So you know, so and so maybe survived something or this or that, and then something else would happen. You're like, "Oh no, what's going to happen?" Um, but it was great. It looked great. Really good visuals. Um, I liked the ending of it a lot. Um, and I thought Gerard Butler was actually really good. Marina Baccarin is excellent. She does a lot of the heavy lifting in the film. Um, it's just, if you like disaster movies at all, yeah. Greenland is the best one probably since San Andreas, which is a favorite of mine. So, um, that's my number four. Highly recommend it. Okay. That's one of the ones I didn't see, but Adam, uh, one of the reviews on Liffa Films, he uh, did a review for, he really enjoyed it as well. Good. Good. So yeah. It was a good, uh, it was a good disaster movie, and I do like a good disaster movie. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, that's uh, another one on the list. But my number three is a double whammy. Okay. Uh, a bit more serious than the previous two ones, but it's uh, The Trial of the Chicago Seven, mm. uh, written and directed by Aaron Sorkin, and The Five Bloods, uh, directed and co-written by Spike Lee. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll just go over them briefly. Trial of the Chicago Seven is about the events back in uh, 1968, the trial which, uh, which happened there. Uh, during the protest, during the Democratic National Convention in Chicago when the trial went on. I'm watching it. It was one of these ones where it's a true story with an amazing cast uh, where you're watching it and going, oh, my God, that really happened. They really, The judge really kind of did that. And I know, obviously, they do take a few liberties, but reading around it, you are, you're just going, that can't be true. That didn't really happen. Why would uh, – it's just – it had me cheering my fingers in frustration at the way people were being treated. Uh, and the stupidity of some people involved, but also uh, it was good to see how people came together and what was being done. Um, and also there was quite a lot of humour in it as well, which was nice. Uh, and Aaron Sorkin, I always enjoy some of the stuff he writes, but uh, that was my joint uh, entry into number three. And the other one was The Five Bloods, uh, starring Delroy Lindo, uh, Isaiah Whitlock Jr., uh, loads of other, uh, Chadwick Boseman and lots, but everybody involved was brilliant. Delroy Linda, that was amazing. It's about five 
five people, five pe friends, or not so much friends, but they all fought together in Vietnam, and they decide to go meet up and go back there to honor their sergeant Chadwick Boseman. And as it goes on, you find out lots about their past and about different relationships they had then and now, and secrets are turned up. And I just thought, I'm. I'm I do like Stanley's, uh, Stanley, sorry, Spike Lee's work, but uh, uh, they don't always hit for me. But this one was uh, worked really well. I felt, and Delroy Lindo, I was, I just was blown away by his performance. But uh, he's always uh, my number three films. Very good. I love Delroy Lindo. I will watch pretty much anything he's in. He's such an underrated actor. Um, oh, totally. I have not yet watched either of those. Um, yeah, yeah. Solely my own fault. I clearly, if you look at my list, I think for the most part, you see I was going for escapism. And even though both of those are really high on my list of films to watch, I want to see them. I've heard good things about both of them. Just haven't gotten around to them yet. Oh, yeah. I totally understand, especially yeah. with what's been going on. So. Yeah. Chances are good they would have ended up on my list if I'd seen them, but I haven't yet. So yeah. But they're both on Netflix. Um, yes. They're yes. still on there now. So. And I'm going to be watching them soon. All right. Well, my number three has already appeared on your list, so I'm sure most people can guess what it is. It is Love and Monsters. I was glad to hear that you put it on your list, Phil. I yeah. loved this movie. Uh, I think one of the things that need people need to recognize or know about it is it is just fun, fun, fun from start to finish. It is a big monster movie, but it is a fun monster movie. There's a lot of humor in it. It's it's kind of quirky. Still great special effects and action scenes, but just like so much fun. I watched it with my 14-year-old daughter. Um, who also likes that kind of stuff. And she loved it, and I loved it, and we had a great time watching it together. And, you know, Dylan O'Brien is terrific. He's from Oh, yeah, he's, he was fantastic. Yeah, and it's just a fun movie. Like, it is a, it's just like, if you like monster flicks or science fiction or action or post-apocalyptic or any of those genres, and you want to have a good time at the same time, watch Love and Monsters, because it's just fun. That is the operative word. So Love and Monsters, my number three, and it was also on your list, so clearly we both enjoyed that one. Excellent. Yes, I'm glad it was on your list as well. Yep. Uh, my number two is uh, Palm Springs, starring Andy Samberg, Christi Kristen Milioti, and J.K. Simmons. It's uh, basically a Groundhog Day at a wedding in a desert. Uh, and but you find out Andy Samberg has been stuck in this time loop for a lot for a long time, and then Kristen Milioti from what was it? How I Met Your Mother. Uh, she ended up getting stuck in the time loop as well, and you. Lots of time loop shenanigans, but it's really funny. It's really well thought out as well. Uh, I also like J.K. Simmons' involvement. Uh, and you can understand his frustration and why he is constantly trying to do what he does. Uh, but it's it's just hit Amazon Prime as well, so you can watch it there. But it's just really good fun, uh, good romantic comedy with that time travel element. And Andy Samberg, he just keeps going up in my estimation after Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And this is another one he's... He's a great actor because there's moments, obviously, in lots of these films as well. There's moments of, of drama as well, and you know, human nature coming to the fore. But on the whole, it's just a real good laugh. Yeah, I haven't. One, I haven't watched it yet. Uh, that one, I'm going to blame my wife for because I, I you know, I want to watch it with her. But we have a hard time finding time to watch movies together. So, um, you know. It's on my list, uh, but yeah, I, am a, I am a sucker for a time loop movie as well. Yeah, totally. Uh, again, Jay agrees with you. Another great film. The cast is perfect. So clearly, you are you're you, Jay. you're pleasing the masses today. Phil. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my number two is um, uh, Promising Young Woman, starring Carrie Mulligan. And I have to admit, I did not have a lot of interest in watching this film. When I when I watched the trailer for it, you know, it's about this girl, something happened to her in the past, now she goes out and it looks like she's maybe like 
picking up guys in bars by pretending to be drunk and then taking them home and like murdering them or something like that. And it looked very dark and very edgy and kind of quirky, weird, but not in a good way. And I could not have been more wrong about it. Um, it is an absolutely amazing film. Um, and uh, Phil, if you want to do me a favor while I'm talking and look up who the director and writer of it is, because her name Emerald is Fennel. Em what is it? Emerald Fennel. Emerald Fennel. 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 Yeah, she, she wrote and directed. Directed it. I believe it's her first film, and she just knocked it out of the park. It has the perfect tone. It is not dark. I mean, it's got. It has dark moments to it, but it's a it's a really weird hybrid of like drama slash black comedy slash thriller slash social commentary all mixed into one but in a way that's so seamless it's you would think this is like her 20th film i was blown away by it and it's it's got characters that you really like it takes things in unexpected directions it did not end the way i expected it to end um i i was just really floored by it. And I, again, I did not want to watch the movie. If you watch the trailer, I don't think it really captures the, the, the real tone of the movie, the real feel of the movie, as well as just watching the film itself does. Um, so, and, and of course, Carrie Mulligan is just amazing in it. Uh, not as a big surprise because she's a great actress, but I really, really liked it. And I was very surprised by it. So, um, so definitely check it out. So we got some comments here. We got Jay saying he hasn't seen that one yet. So clearly he's more in line with you, Phil. You guys are watching this. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet, but it's one on my list. But Emerald Fennell, she did win the Oscars were last night. And That's she right, won, uh, she won the best original screenplay. Yeah. Yeah. Which I was very excited to see that. And it was also nominated for, uh, best picture and best director, but right. Which yeah. I, I was very happy to see. So good for her getting the credit she deserves. And then we have another comment here from Christine uh, saying, again, agree. Promising Young Woman was great. I am glad to hear that you guys liked it because I was really blown away by it. So, uh, yeah, so check that one out if you haven't seen it yet. And if you and if you did, if you were turned off by the trailer like I was, give it a chance anyway because it's really terrific. Yeah, and the other, other thing as well, some viewers may have seen Emerald and some of her TV roles. She was in uh, The Crown. She's in a few mm. episodes of that. She's also in Call the Midwife on BBC One. Uh, and she was also show one of the season two of Killing Eve. There you go. So she knows stuff. Yeah, that's definitely one on my list. Uh, like you, though, I saw the trailer and was going, well, I, I couldn't quite get a grasp on it from the yeah. trailer. But since then, the reviews I've read and people who've seen have said it's, uh, it's definitely one to watch. Yeah, I loved it. Excellent. Okay, my number one is it's a, a mystery comedy drama. It stars Adam Brody, and it's The Kid Detective. Right, okay. Yeah. Which is one I'd seen. It was a Red Letter Media were talking about it on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And uh, I tracked it down and watched it. And it's the basic part is you have, you know, the uh, – it's kind of those things. There's You have the old books and things where there's a kid who's a detective, like the Hardy Brothers kind of thing. It's, it's mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. But it's, it's dealing with him. But when he's now in uh, his – in his 30s, early 30s. And, you know, he was, he solved some crimes in the town and then people kept coming to him. He's, he had his office in a treehouse back then. He keeps having flashbacks as well to some of his cases and the people coming up. And it's all back then. Obviously, it was all lovely and innocent and quirky. And like the ice cream shop, he solved a crime for the ice cream shop owner and he ended up getting free ice cream for life. And then you see him in his 30s, still going in for that. And the ice cream shop owner's going, oh, God, but. But uh, he's now in his 30s, he's an alcoholic, he's burnt out, and he's still being a detective. And it's 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 really funny. 
Uh, Adam Brody is just superb, and it's showing some of the things that he could get away with when he's a child detective, like hiding in a uh, in in like a wardrobe as a kid, and then being found. The parents go, "Oh, that's hilarious!" Obviously, if he's a thirty-year-old man hiding in the wardrobe to try and you know, yeah, it doesn't work out well for him. But right. it's, it's really good. It does go dark though, because he's he's somebody gets uh, this this woman comes approaches him asking to solve the murder of her boyfriend, and he. He follows that path, and it's a. Uh, when you find out what's happened, it is dark, but the way it, it does it is still in keeping with what's going on. And he's doing a voiceover as well, through like a typical film noir detective. But it's it's a great film noir thriller with some quite funny bits as well. But Adam Brody, he's just fantastic in it, and it's probably one of those ones which not many people would get to uh, get to see. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely if you can find it. I think it was on Amazon Prime. I think you have to. to buy it at the time when i saw it but uh check it out it's really it's good fun deals with some dark subject matter but it's, it does it in a really good way all right very cool I, I that's i've heard some good things about it and i haven't had a chance to watch it yet but i do i do like adam brody a lot also he was in promising a woman so kind of interesting he was yeah that's right yeah yeah um so uh, i'll be sure to check that one out as well all right so my number one film for 2020 is the reason why i don't pay attention to the oscars that much anymore uh because it didn't get nominated for like a single one and i find that completely ridiculous it is let him go starring kevin costner and diane oh. lane. and diane lane should have won all the oscars for let him go because her performance in it is nothing short of miraculous it's one of the finest performances i've ever seen it's so subtle and layered and beautiful and just it's it's phenomenal but basically it's kind of a slow burn film but to me i i guess some people find it boring i was just wrapped up in it from from the start it, it is a kevin costner and diane lane they have uh, an adult son he's married who they have a grandkid he dies in a tragic accident this is not a spoiler it happens in the first like two minutes of the film and so his his you know his his widow uh, marries another guy in town eventually and he's not from the right side of the tracks and suddenly they kind of disappear and go back to like his family's house and so they sort of set out to make sure the kid is okay and then things sort of go dark different from there um and it is i was blown away by this film i i really i watched it because i'm a huge kevin costner fan i'm a big diane lane fan and i thought okay it looks interesting i'll give it a try um, and I was just blown away by it. It's, it's, it's like, um, I don't know. It's like one of those great films that you used to kind of see more of like, in I feel like in like the seventies or the nineties where it's like, you know, it's not an action film, but it's all yeah. tense. Every, every scene in the film is dripping with tension. Even like a scene where it's just like people eating dinner. Like there's just this underlying tension and unease and and sinisterness and it's just so mesmerizing and like i said diane lane is just unbelievable in it um it's just uh, oh absolutely loved it we got some comments on that uh christine saying saw that too wasn't boring at all i'm glad you agree uh jay saying bing bing an amazing film those two can do no wrong together also agree they really were terrific together so let him go highly worth tracking down if you have not seen it yeah, that's another one I've not seen, but it was on my list because, again, Adam mentioned before he did another review for that film as well and was just raving about it. Again, saying Kevin Costner and Dan Lane were just fantastic, and I, I love both of them. Yeah, And, of course, they were Ma and Pa Kent when they managed to. <laughs> yeah, so it's, uh, exactly. But, yeah, it's definitely one on, on, the, on my list I've got of films to watch. 
Good. Yeah, I think you'll I think you'll really like it. It's, it reminded me from the trailer a bit of the vibe that got from uh, Clint Eastwood's Perfect World. A Perfect World. Yeah, that's Clint actually a really apt comparison. Thank you. I, I was trying to find a good film to 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 compare it to, and I was struggling, um, but that's actually a pretty good one. Um, a Perfect World, which is terrific, but it's also that similar kind of thing where it's like a thriller, but it's not like an action movie, but it's still just so like intense. You're just engaged with it from start to finish, you know. Um, so yeah, that's a good comparison. All right, cool. Okay, so there you go. That's our top five films of 2020. Kind of an odd year for movies, but there was still some pretty good stuff. Yeah, good list. Uh, good mix of films as well, but uh, and still lots more to watch. But if uh, you want to let us know what your top films of 2020 were, you can let us yep. know in the comments now or wherever you're watching it or listening to this mm -hmm. after the fact. But uh, yeah, an odd year 2020. Yeah, for sure. Well, we've done it. We've done it now. We're up to date with our top films of right. each year. We've covered the last 103 years of movies now, so uh, it's hard to argue with that. We'll be back in 2022 with our top five of 2021. So, yeah. Yeah. all right. Well, we got a few minutes left, Phil. Let's get some recommendations in. Uh, it's time for ATE Recommends, which is where we discuss uh, things that we're into right now. Um, so do you want to you – know, well, you went first with the top five list, so why don't I start things yeah, off? Yeah, you go, yeah. All right, so I have two recommendations today. I'm going to start with a music recommendation, actually. And uh, it's the new album by The Offspring. Oh, uh, I remember them big in the night. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Self-esteem, come, you know, keep them separated. Um, I'm a big Offspring fan. I have been for a long time. And it's been nine years, nine years since their last album. And I've been waiting wow. a long time for it. And it is fantastic, man. It's really good. Just good, upbeat punk rock music couple of their signature kind of funky, you know, goofy songs, but mostly serious stuff. And actually, the um, the case has some really amazing artwork. If you look at it um, inside the book, I was really blown away by some of the – it looks like comic book artwork almost, um, some of the stuff that they that they have in the book. Now, I know. I know not everyone's into CDs anymore, right? Like, you know, it's um, – I'm old fashioned, but I, I have a system. I, I use Spotify religiously, but I still like to get the, the full albums from the bands that I, you know – I'm a big fan of yeah, so, yeah. Offspring. Uh, the album is called uh, "Let the Let the Bad Times Roll." Very apropos title. Um, that's my first recommendation. Well, Christine, she just mentioned as well. She mentioned what about Mank, the uh, David Fincher film? What about the screenwriter screenwriter of Citizen Kane? I saw the film, really enjoyed it, uh, but didn't quite make the the list because because I didn't quite enjoy enough <laughs> to get to the top five really. But uh, Gary Oldman was brilliant, and I did like the whole black and white aesthetic. And the way it was done, and I do. Well, I, um, I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, so didn't it didn't make my list for that reason alone. So, there you go. all right, my other recommendation is uh, this is a big one, and there's actually three of them. I'm just going to show you one. Minute. It's cool, oh, nice. Uh, this is the Deluxe Edition Volume One. So there, uh, so it's Criminal is a Crime Comic by Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. It is the single greatest crime comic ever written, in my opinion, uh, and probably one of the greatest comics ever written, in my opinion. And it's beautiful. And they 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 did these um, these big deluxe hardcovers that collect multiple stories. Uh, like 10 years ago, and they went out of print, and then they got very expensive, and they just reprinted Volumes 1 and 2, oh, which awesome. never had, um, and they put Volume 3 out about a month or two ago, so I picked up Volume 3, and I ordered 1 and 2, and 1 and 2 have just come out, or well, number 1 came out, I think number 2 comes out next week, um, it's like 500 pages, even if you've read Criminal, um, getting it all 
together like this, you get to really read the stories and see how they overlap and connect. And then there's like 50 pages of extras in the back, like covers and sketches and artwork and stories and essays and, and all kinds of great extra materials, which I love in these kinds of books. Um, if you read any comic books at all, I cannot recommend Criminal highly enough. You can get all three volumes um, in hardcover, and that is pretty much almost everything. These deluxe editions, um, if you get these three, it's almost the entire run of Criminal. There's one other hardcover they collected separately called, um, I think it was My Heroes Have Always Been Junkies is like a separate one, but that's yeah. um, highly recommended. Great stuff. Well, I might get that because I do, I think I've read, I'd like this soft back, you know, it's like six issues. Yeah. Volume one of Criminal, yeah. I really enjoyed it. But, uh, yeah, and this is the like, break is always good. Yeah. He did, he did, he did, he did, didn't he? He did what? Winter Soldier. Is that a yeah. Baker? Yes, that was the storyline. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, good. So those Excellent. are good. Those are two things that I've been really enjoying lately. I think I might get that uh, criminal one. See if it's available over here. Well, what? mine is similar though, in that it's a big, it's a big yeah. collection of comic books. <laughs> yeah. It's, sort of, it's only the one thing, but it's in two formats because uh, Invincible is now on Amazon, the cartoon, and it's absolutely brilliant. It's a brilliant adaptation. Changes things up, mixes things around, but the artwork is very. In keeping with the uh, the Robert Kirkman story of uh, Mark Grayson, has all the characters that you see. It's got a brilliant voice cast on the TV show, but also I've got uh, I don't think I've got them all. I've got eight of them so far, eight or nine of the Ultimate Collection, not like yours, but this one is uh, just it's just brilliant. As you say, as you mentioned, reading them when it's in a big collection like that is so much better. Mm -hmm. I mean, nothing beats I've gone to the comic shop and get the individual issues and I'm coming home and I'm reading them up. But if you are going to do it, get, get in a big chunk of it and just sitting down and reading it like that really makes the story flow and the characters pop. But I enjoy the hell out of the comic book. When I heard about the uh, the cartoon, I was going, this is going to be good. Oh, I hope it's going to be good. And lo and behold, it was. Mm -hmm. Be warned, though, if you're a fan of superheroes and comic books and you've got small kids, Invincible, the cartoon, is not one to watch with them because it's very gory. Yeah. But in a good way, it works really yeah. well. And you need that to show that the stakes are so high and superheroes can be hurt as well. But yep. it's just brilliant, uh, really good characters, a lot of fun, a lot of laughs, and a lot of shocks, surprises, drama, and bits that will make you go, oh, no. <laughs> but that's uh, that's my recommendation. Invincible. So I have all 12 of those volumes on my bookshelf, and I just reread them not that long ago, actually. Just, oh, with, just 12 altogether. Oh, okay. 12 total. It's the whole series. Right before the show started, I went back and reread the whole series from start to finish because it is probably my single favorite comic book of all time. Um, if I had to pick like one comic book to take to Desert Island that wasn't like Spider-Man because that's just too many, but like yeah. Invincible is probably it. I absolutely love Invincible, the comic book. I, and I love the cartoon too. I think it's great, but that that is a, a great choice. I'm glad you recommended that. That's uh, yeah. terrific. Well, there's lots of Spider-Man parallels with the character as well, isn't he? Teenager. Oh, sure. Things, yeah. yeah, definitely. So good recommendation. All right. So there you go. That was our top five films of 2020, our recommendations of what we're into right now, and that is going to start to bring us to a close. Uh, for those of you watching live, we'll be back again in two weeks. For those of you watching slash listening after the fact, um, you probably, you'll, because you'll, you'll, we're spacing these out a little bit, you should have a new episode waiting for you next week. Uh, so hopefully everyone is satisfied. Um, all right. Anything else you want to add, Phil? Uh, just thank you to everybody for watching and for commenting. We yeah. really appreciate that. Uh, yeah. love in the live comments. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I think that's it. All right, great. So there you go. So that's going to wrap us up for now. Uh, as always, we thank you for watching and listening. I'm Mike Spring. And I'm Phil Edwards. And we'll see you next time. After the ending.